0: Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Like, I am excited because we are starting a brand new series called When the Devil Comes Knocking. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I've had the devil knock on my door plenty of times. And uh, over the next few weeks, we're just gonna talk about that. Not, not so much of um, when he knocks, but we're gonna talk about how, how he knocks, how we're allowed to combat when he knocks, because whether you believe it or not, uh, we are engaged in spiritual warfare and I know it's like kind of like a, a stigma word it's a spooky thing to to talk about but it doesn't have to be because it's real and uh, more than anything I love that as a church we're gonna identify how he how he knocks on our doors and then more importantly how what God has equipped us with so that we can make sure that we slam the door right in his face and and uh, for those that I haven't had the, the pleasure to meet yet, my name is Adam. I get to serve here at Calvary on our staff and also get to serve as our online pastor. And um, you know, it's funny, whenever Pastor Phil or Alex, whoever's hosting greets uh, everyone watching online, like under my breath, I'm like, those are my people. Which like, don't, don't like don't get me wrong, like you guys are my people too, but like those are my people too. And uh, which, can you help me one more time with greeting everybody watching online? We love you so much. And uh, we're just like I love those stories like we heard a little earlier about Norma's mom and that's the reason why we do online is so that we can reach those that maybe aren't able to come physically or don't feel, don't feel comfortable coming physically but that's okay we can still reach them wherever they're at whether they're at home at the gym at work uh, I don't know getting macaroons I don't know wherever they're at we can meet them there because of the blessing of technology uh, but like I mentioned we're, we're we're starting this brand new series and, and here's what I here's what I want to just lay out for everyone here um, you made it to church today shout out to all of you by the way But the next few weeks are unmissable. Like, I I can't stress that enough. They're unmissable. Like, I broke up the word for you. Uh, What that means is, like, make sure you make it an effort to come to church over the next few weeks. Like, I truly believe that this series is gonna set some people free. Truly believe that this series is gonna bring uh, just healing in our hearts, healing in our minds, healing over our spirit. And uh, this is not only the type of series that you don't wanna miss, like, you wanna make sure you come every week, but also invite somebody because we're all being attacked. The devil is a knocking. And uh, we gotta make sure that we're doing everything possible to protect ourselves and our families and those around us. Amen? Amen. All right, so I have quite a few things I wanna cover today. So I'm gonna jump right into it. Are we cool with that? Are we cool with just getting right into God's word? Yeah? All right, awesome. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to the book of Genesis, specifically Genesis Genesis chapter three. And while you're turning there, look to your neighbor, tell them that you are glad you're sitting next to them today. All right, all right. We got a social, social church. All right, look to your other neighbor that you ignored and tell them, "I'm glad you're sitting next to me." Come on, be encouraging in the house of God. Smile at somebody. And if you're single, you might—you never know what could happen. Um, but before we start reading, I, I kind of want to create uh, an even playing field here. I want to just kind of highlight where we're at right now in the Bible. So Genesis, the first book of the Bible, so I hope it was easy to find. And um, specifically in chapter 3, what's, what's transpired over the previous two chapters is what we know is the record of creation. So that's when God created the heaven and the earth. And in the beginning there was God, and he said, let there be light. And, and, and he created the animals, he created um, the oceans, he, he created man and woman. And what we're gonna pick up right now, and where I feel it's appropriate for us to start this series at, is actually the first time we see the devil in the Bible. So this is the first time he shows up on the scene, and he's doing some like, like devilish stuff. Like he has he has crazy devil energy. And uh, this is where we're gonna pick up right now, and we're gonna dissect this a little bit, worship some more, and then uh, we'll enjoy the rest of our Sunday and watch some football. Amen. All right, cool. So picking up in verse one, at least in my Bible, it's it's headed. Uh, the heading on it is called the fall so picking up verse one it says now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the lord god had made he said to the woman did god really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden the woman said to the serpent we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden but god did say you must not eat from the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die you will not certainly die the serpent said to the woman for god knows that when you eat from it your eyes will be open and you will be like god knowing good and evil and then when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom she took some of it she took some and ate it she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it so this is what's called the fall of man this is that moment, whether you've been around the church or even those that, that, that this is your first time in a church, you know, we all have pretty much heard this story as a society of when Eve ate what we know, what we think is an apple. It's a, it's a fruit, but we all kind of have that image of that picture of when, when sin entered the world, when disobedience entered the world, and it's all because of the cunning and the craftiness of the serpent. But we're going to break this down in just a minute. Uh, For those that are writing notes, which I hope you're writing notes, because if you don't write it you don't remember it see youth knows you guys know what's up Uh, but I've titled this message liar 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 and uh, that is based on my favorite uh, Jim Carrey movie and uh, if you've seen that movie then we can talk about it another time but before we continue let's uh, bow our heads and let's close our eyes and let's ask God to bless this time so Lord Jesus we thank you so much we thank you that we get to worship you Jesus that that Lord that we are able now to just learn from your word Jesus God, I pray that while it's my voice, that it would be your words, that Father, you would anoint my lips to declare your goodness and your faithfulness, Jesus, to anybody in here who's discouraged, anybody in here, God, who feels like the devil's been knocking, God, that Lord, that you would equip us with just the tools we need to counter those, to counter those attacks, Jesus, and more importantly, that we would see you differently, Jesus, that we wouldn't leave out of here the same. We'd have a fresh revelation of your love and your goodness. So Lord, we love you and we thank you. And It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all that God's people said, and not God people said, "Come on, eleven AM. Can we make some noise one more time?" Love it. So, uh, I've been married. Was coming up to five years now, and uh, yep, I'm married the woman of my dreams. I've been with her for it's going to be twelve, but been married for five, and uh, we don't have any kids yet. And uh, so, you know, keep praying for your boy there, but uh, we don't have any kids yet, but a few years ago we took a step in kind of in that direction. And what I mean by that is that we got a puppy. And uh, and let me tell you something, my my dog's name, he's a mixed breed between a, a schnauzer and a poodle. So he's a schnoodle and uh, which is already the cutest name for a dog breed and uh he is the fluffiest little guy in the world he's my best friend his name is gohan and i named him after my favorite character from my favorite show growing up and if anyone here has seen dragon ball z then you know what i mean right all right you guys are my people that's what i'm saying so here's the thing about gohan again he is he is the most adorable little thing in the world i actually have a picture for him a picture of him why don't we put up on the screen look at that guy Come on, I come up, we come up with a new nickname for him every week. Like last week it was Boo Boo, this week it's Pookie. Like he, he, like, he just, he, look at that, look at that little guy. That was him on his second birthday. And if you notice on his left paw, it's all like he has black fur, but he has like white spots and that paw is all white. So it's like, he's always wearing a sock. So he's, he's adorable. You can take the picture down. Um, but here's the thing about Gohan is he is the world's sweetest jerk. And you heard me correct. He is the sweetest thing in the world. Like he loves love. He loves people. Like my fear is that if, he, if somebody were to break into the house, he's not a guard dog. He's going to like go to the person and lick them, ask them to like pet him. And while they're taking our TVs, you know what I mean? Like that's just the type of dog he is. Um, but he's also the most inconsiderate little guy in the world. Like he's two feet long, but takes up the entire bed. You know what I mean? Like, and the thing is with Gohan too, is that he's, because he's a half poodle breed, poodles are actually very smart dogs and Gohan's not dumb. Like, he is far from it. He is, like, he is actually, like, really smart. And I'm actually a little surprised by a lot of of things he knows. So with that, Gohan recognizes cues. And he knows, he kind of knows, like, when good things are going to happen. But he also knows when bad things are going to happen. For some reason, he always knows when I'm about to take him a bath. And he hates going to the bath. Like, if you notice, like, from his fur, he's very fluffy. But when he gets wet, he looks like a, a wet rat. Like, that's just, and he hates it. Like, he just, he detests every single part of it. He, I, he actually also knows when we're going to the vet. And he hates going to the vet. I think a lot of us, we can all relate there. Like, uh, most of our dogs probably don't like that. We, just like, we don't like going to the dentist sometimes or going to the doctor. But Gohan hates it. So, usually what works for me whenever I have to, like, get him upstairs so I can get him in the shower and start taking him a bath. Or usually what I gotta do if, if, say, I gotta get him in the car to take him to the vet is I start using the cues that he does know that he does like. So he knows when he's gonna get a snack. He knows when he's going out for a walk. He knows when when it's foodie time. Like he knows when all that's gonna happen. So what I'll do is I'll say, all right, come on, boop let's go. And already his his ears just like, they rise up and, and he just gets excited and his butt starts shaking. And he's like, oh, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? And here's the thing, the moment I know that his ears just like stood up, i say, I got him. Like, it's like, it's like watching Looney Tunes back in the day. And you saw whenever Bugs Bunny was getting hunted, like I put the carrot under the, under the crate. Oh, I got, the moment, the moment I say, come on, let's go. It's food time. You want a snack, man? I got him because it works every single time. And I say all of this to kind of paint the picture of that. That's kind of how we live our lives in relation to the devil. That's kind of like when the devil comes knocking, that's kind of the picture. Like, for example, we can live our lives and maybe you've been around the church long enough to know like, you know, the devil's evil. You probably shouldn't be around him. Like ignore him if he comes knocking, which that's usually what Gohan will do. He will ignore me sometimes. And he, and he I know he hears me, but he will ignore me if I'm just like, we're gonna, go for it. we're gonna go take a bath. But the moment I say something that gets his ears up, just like the same way that sometimes when the devil comes into our lives, when he's knocking and he says something that maybe we like, that excites us, he got us. So the question is, not, not, not has the devil come knocking, because we know he has, but have you opened up? Did you give him an inch for him to take a mile? Because that's how he works. Because look, it, here's, here's another thing about the devil is that no matter how strong we think we are, which I don't mean to burst your bubble, we're not as strong as we think. We're not. We don't, we don't have the wit. We don't have the cunning. We don't have the ability to engage in conversation with him. We, we, just, we just can't because we're not strong enough. But not only does he come knocking, he keeps on knocking. Because he knows with persistence, it breaks down resistance. And he knows if he can keep on eventually, eventually, guess what? He's going to get you to open. He's going to get you to open up that door. He's going to get you to engage in conversation with him. So when the devil comes knocking, he, actually his number one target for when he comes knocking, whenever he comes to attack us, is actually attacking our mind. And how he attacks our mind is with lies. He is the deceiver. Actually, Revelation 12, verse 9, it says when describing the devil, it says that that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He's the deceiver of the whole world. He doesn't say anything that is the truth. He doesn't say anything that is not a lie. And the reason for that is that his ultimate goal is to get you to open up the door. His ultimate goal is to make it so that you just get lost in the sauce. His ultimate goal is so, again, that you give him an in so that he can take a mile because he hates us. See, we're told in the Bible that when God created everything, when he created the heaven and the earth, and later on you will see this in, in other books of the Bible, like in the book of Job, God created what's called three archangels, which are Gabriel, uh, Michael, and Lucifer. And Lucifer is the devil. And what happened is Lucifer wanted, wanted to be worshipped. He wanted to be God. He, he didn't want to worship God and he hates us because he was cast down from heaven for his sin. And basically with us that we are given free will to be able to worship Jesus, he is jealous of us and hates us and wants nothing more but to, make, but to separate us from God. So he does that by attacking your mind with lies. See, the reason why he attacks your mind is because your mind is actually the, the part of the image of God that, that God uses to communicate with us, that he uses that to reveal his will to us. So he knows that if he can make it so that God can't reveal his will to you and that he can't communicate to you, then there's no way that you can live out your God-given calling that will give him glory and give him honor in the long run. That's that's just his goal. He's just always gonna come, knocking. But the question is, what are you gonna do when the devil comes knocking? Are you gonna open up? Are you gonna slam the door in his face? And the thing is that your mind affects your whole being. And just like in the text we read, which we're going to break down in a second. Not only are his his lies, aren't like super blatant lies. Like for example, if I were to take you outside and say, Hey, the sky is green. You're going to look at me like I'm crazy. Like, you know, the sky is blue, but he, man, he says some very convincing lies. Like some of them that actually sound true. And the big problem here is that when the devil comes knocking, he's telling us these very convincing lies that unless we know the truth, we'll believe every lie. Unless we know the truth, we will believe every single lie that comes out of his mouth. So when the devils come knocking, have you answered? I, I know I have, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I wish I could say I didn't, but I know I have. The, the question, I, the question I'll, I'll, I'll pose to ask is, um, when, when the devil come knocking and say, if we have answered, what lies are you believing over your life today? What lies have you been, leaving, have been believing over your life for the last two years? the last five years, the last 10 years, 15 years, over your entire life? What lies have you been, been believing about yourself? That God doesn't love you? Have you been believing the lie that you're too, you're too messed up for any good? Have you been believing the lie that, that, that you are always gonna be bound to that addiction? Have you been believing the lie that you're always gonna be uh, in debt for the rest of your life? Have you been bound by the lie that, there, that you can't accomplish anything in your life, that you are worth nothing? Or th- those are the lies we can believe about ourselves, right? But have you been believing, what about the lies about others? Have you been believing the lie that, that all men are cheaters? Have you been believing the lie that all women are liars? Have you been believing the lie that, that every single person from a specific ethnic group are a certain way? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, because those are the lies that can easily creep in the moment we give them an inch and the moment we just... Engage in conversation. Are you believing the lie that all people are terrible? Are you believing the lie that everyone around you is against you? Are you believing the lie that your family is, is, is never gonna get back together? Are you believing the lie that, that you're, just, you're just a burden to everyone that, you, that you're around? Those are the lies that, that the enemy will constantly, when, he's come, when he comes knocking, he's knocking, he's gonna constantly only knock with lies. He wants to attack your mind. I actually, I love how Jesus describes Satan. I, I, love how, I love how Jesus will very, very like strong words. Like this is a very strongly worded letter. Like he makes sure that he, he makes it very clear how he feels about Satan. In John chapter eight, verse 44, when speaking about the devil, he says that he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. The father of lies. Like, everything God does is good because his character is good. Everything the enemy does is evil and is a lie because his character is, he is a deceiver. And we gotta make sure we distinguish the two is that we understand that when it comes from here, this identifies this person's character. And when it comes from here, when it comes from God, it it, it identifies with God's character. But now that we know the what, right? We know that he does attack us. We know that why he attacks us, because he hates us. We know, we know um, with what he attacks us, which is he attacks us with our, with our, in our mind with lies. Now let's talk about the how. Because here's the thing, the devil does have a strategy. Like he, he, has, he has a game plan, but here's something about his strategy is that he, he sucks, like he's very predictable. Like the devil, he, he's not, see, here's something to keep in mind, that he's a creation, he's not the creator. He is not creative, he is not original. He is not all-knowing. He is not all-powerful. He is not omnipresent. Only God is all-knowing. Only God is all-powerful. Only God is omnipresent. See, like, at least for me, growing up, I used to play a video game called Madden. It's a football game. And, and the thing is what Madden is that you can run the same play over and over again. And, like, eventually... Like, you're not going to be able to do anything good. Like, you can run the same play over and 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 over again. And you might get some yards, maybe once or twice. But for the most part, you already know how to predict. when, Like, whoever you're playing is going to predict what you're going to do. So now let's dissect his strategy. Let's talk about his strategy. Let's see his strategy so that we know how to combat this strategy. Right, so like, here's the, about, here's the thing about Satan's strategy when it comes to the lies and when he attacks us in our mind, right? He doesn't go directly to your insecurities, which I know a lot of us are hearing now It's like, man, he's been coming at me. Well, hear me out. He doesn't go directly to your emotions That's th- because he knows that those are things that you can get like therapy for and you can kind of get help in that on, on, its, on its root level if it's just your insecurities and your emotions. But really what he does where he attacks and his strategy is to attack God's word. Because in God's word is where we learn truth about who we are and who God is. And the thing is, what God's word is, who we, who we learn um, our, our purpose in God. Like, if he can make you ignorant to God's word, he can make you ignorant to your, to your identity. And if he can make you ignorant to your identity, he can make you ignorant to God's will over your life. So that means, that means because we don't know even who we are, because we've been believing the lies, because that, that devil's been been knocking. Then that means we're gonna fall for every single lion. We'll live a life that's ruled by our our insecurities. We'll live a life ruled by our emotions. We'll live a life ruled by whatever's trending on Instagram or on TikTok or whatever social media platform you use. I hope not MySpace. Right? (laughs) Shout out to Tom. But, that, but that's the reality that he attacks God's word. So like, let's, now let's see how that plays out in the scripture we read earlier. So let's, the first thing that we can see, just in verse number one is that Satan questions God's word. And his attack on God's word, first thing he does is he questions God's word. Going back to the text, Genesis chapter three, verse one, he said to the woman, did God really say? And I actually want you to underline where it says, did God really say? See, here's the thing. He doesn't, he doesn't deny whether God had spoke if God has spoken or not. Like he, he doesn't deny that because there is no denying that God speaks, but he does question it. And he questions what God says. And what happens is that now there's a conversation going because it, if we go back to the text, it actually led Eve to not only question God's word as well, but to also add to it and take away from it. As she engaged in conversation, which that's a dangerous trap for us to fall into. Don't we can't We can't have a conversation with him. So let's go back to the text, Genesis chapter three, verse two. This is Eve's response. It says, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, underline that, but God did say, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it, underline that as well, or you will die. See, really, what the, where this conversation is is, is even rooted from is if we go back a chapter in genesis in genesis chapter 2 verse 16 this is right after god had created man and woman he's basically giving them their 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 charge their command and he says you may eat freely from all the trees in the garden but do not eat from the tree that that of the knowledge of good and evil or you will certainly die if you notice what we just highlighted in eve's response is that she didn't mention the word freely because when the enemy questions God's words, and we then begin to get confused about God's word, is we then now downgrade God's word, and by free, by taking away the word freely, it's to imply that God is holding out on us. Because the devil will definitely want us to think, man, if God is so good, why would He hold out on to me? If God is so good, then then why is He not giving me all the desires of my heart? Why is He not giving me everything that I want? And again, that's a dangerous trap to fall into. Because that devil, I'm telling you, when he comes, when he comes knocking. He's coming to you with lies. But then the other, the other part that we highlighted, which is that you must not touch it again, in the original command that God gave him about, about the tree is he never talked about not touching it. She just added that in there. And that's why it's important for us to know God's word, which we'll talk about that in a second. But whenever the enemy questions God's word and we engage in that conversation with him, we end up, we end up just messing it all up. We end up trying to operate based off of what we think God's word says as opposed to what God's word actually says. See, here's the thing. When, when we question God's goodness, it makes it that much easier for us to, to live in disobedience. Because if we think he's not that good, then we don't have to really obey that much. Because you, what have you done for me lately? That's a dangerous posture to get into. The second thing that we see here in the text is that he twists God's word. He twists God's word. He takes it out of context, essentially. Going back to the text, Genesis chapter three, starting in verse four, it says that you will not certainly die, underline that, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open. We'll stop right there for now. That, that, that line, you will not certainly die. So what the, what, they, what the devil's trying to imply by asking that, or really not by asking it, by saying that, is, is to basically take God's word out of context. So in the original command... God does say that if you eat from this, you will certainly die. But what he's not talking about is a physical death. What he's talking about is a spiritual death because in our disobedience, that, which is sin, that separates us from God. So now what's, what died is the relationship you have with me, which is the communion you have with me, which we'll talk about what God does with sin later on. But for right now, just to kind of paint this picture, the devil does this. He takes God's word out of context. Because basically what he's trying to tell Eve is that the moment you bite it, you're not going to drop down and die, which we knew that. But he's trying to just tell her like, hey, like you, can, you can take it. Don't even worry about it. You're not going to die. God's tripping. That's basically what he's trying to imply here. <laughs> so he, he questions God's word. He twists God's word. And the third thing he does is that he substitutes God's word with a lie of his own. He, he substitutes his own lie. Again, going back to that same text we just read, the second part of it, right? When he says, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. See, that's the the ultimate sin society deals with now. That's the sin of mankind that we want to be like God because in God's original context, right? In the context of the word, when we're told that God created the earth and the heavens and he created man, he said he created mankind in his likeness, So again, we are made in God's likeness, which thank God for that. But the enemy's trying to imply that you will be like God. And if it's worth anything in, if it's worth anything for anyone in here today, there is none like God. There is nobody greater than him. There's nobody more powerful than him. He is the alpha and the omega. He is mighty God. And he's in a league of his own. He's in a class of his own. And there's no way that we will ever be like him. But I'm telling you, that enemy, the devil... He's going he's gonna to come knocking. He's going to keep knocking and knocking and knocking and trying to get that thought in your mind. And we have to make sure that we don't feed into those lies. But maybe you're here today and you would say you are a Christian and you've been following Jesus for a while. Don't, like, don't get me wrong, the enemy is beneath our feet and we're covered in the blood. But that does not mean he doesn't come knocking. I actually love how Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he says that, but I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. We gotta constantly check ourselves. We gotta make sure that when the devil comes knocking, we're not answering. We gotta make sure that when he comes knocking, we slam that door right in his face. See, here's the reality, we're all under attack. Our minds are under attack. And I don't say that to kind of create the spirit of fear, but really a spirit of awareness that we need to make sure that we're doing everything possible to protect ourselves. Because again, every single time the devil comes knocking, he's coming with lies. He's coming with lies. Like, he, here's a story, and I'm sure a lot of people here would relate. Um, like, if I knew somebody was coming into my house, like, like, oh, like it's the middle of the night and I knew somebody was trying to break into my house and try to hurt my family, like, this is like my biggest fear since I've become a Christian is like, God, like, I, I, please don't put me in a position where I have to fight or where like I have to do something like that because I, I haven't always been a Christian. So I don't, like, you know what I mean? I don't know how I'm gonna react in that moment. Like, that's like my biggest fear because I never want to be presented with that. I want to make sure I honor God. You know what I mean? But chances are, I'm going to see red and I'm just going to lose it. And I'm, I, only God knows what's going to happen next, right? And I'm sure a lot of us can relate. Like, you don't, you don't come into my house and you don't hurt. Like for me, it's like, you better not dare even think about hurting my wife. You better not dare even think about hurting my little poop. I like, don't you even think about it. But reality check is that we all have a thief right now trying to break into our house. We all have a thief trying to break into our marriages break into our finances, break into our relationships, break into our children's lives, break into our grandchildren's lives, break into every area of our life. And here and here's the purpose of this entire series that we want some people to wake up and make sure that we're telling the devil when he comes knocking that you can take that somewhere else. That devil, you're not going to get in my family. Devil, you're not going to get in my finances. Devil, you're not going to get in my marriage. Devil, you're not going to be over my children. Devil, you're not going to be in my health. You can take that lie and you can go to hell. Get behind me, Satan. Can I get in amen we got to do everything we can to counter the lies of the enemy we can't just be passive this ain't the time for that we got to make sure when that devil comes knocking that we know how to combat that knock we know how to slam that door correctly so that it doesn't leave it open for him to take an inch and take a mile and how we combat every lie is we counter it with the truth And here's the thing about the truth. The truth is not founded on our feelings. The truth is not founded on our emotions, on our opinions. The truth is not founded on the latest trend on Instagram. It's not found on any of that. The truth is founded in God's word. Because it's in God's word is where we find the ultimate truth because God does not lie. I'll say it this way. My main point here is that a life founded on truth is a life of victory. A life founded on truth is a life of victory. Live in the truth, build your life on the truth and you will live in victory because when that devil comes knocking, then you know how to combat. So when it comes to God's word, when it, when it comes to us diving into God's word and using God's word whenever the, the devil comes knocking, the first thing that we have to do is we need to learn God's word. And I know that sounds pretty elementary, but hear me out here. Um, we need to study the Bible. Like if you're here today and maybe you're, you're used to or accustomed to reading maybe one verse a day, I want to propose to you, read read a chapter a day. And here's the reason why, because what easily happens is that we see that one verse and we use it however we want to out of context. But when we read the entire chapter, we read what God is really trying to say to the original audience and how it applies to us today, then it's back in the context that God intended. See, when it's in, when it's out of context, it's Satan's word. When it's in context, it's God's word. I actually love how the psalmist talks about the Bible in Psalm 19, verse Verse uh, seven through eight says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. See, it's in God's word where he reveals truth that comes from only God and God alone. So that when we see how the culture, which is influenced by the deceiver of the world, So when we see the culture doing one thing, then we know that's not in line with God's word. When we find ourselves sometimes, maybe we opened the door and didn't even know it. He just snuck in, snuck in through a window. And we know we're living a life that's not in line with God's standard, with God's word. Then it's in God's word in the truth that we can find our way back in line to God's pleasing, good, and perfect will for our lives. The second thing when it comes to God's word is we got to memorize God's word. See, like, I know one and two are, are, are very similar, learning and memorizing. They are very similar, but learning God's word is to understand the, the overarching theme of God's word, to understand the context of God's word. Memorizing God's word is something that you just, man, it's a, it's a beautiful practice to have in your life. It's one of those things that when, in those it's like a, think of it this way. It's like a, a, a lifeboat on a sinking ship. Like in emergency, break glass. That's, when you remember God's word, those are gonna be your lifesavers. Those verses that God puts on your heart that he, that, he, that he ministers to you through, that's why we need to memorize it because it's, here's the thing. We're not always going to have a Bible in front of us. We're not always going to have the internet accessible. So what happens if you don't have the internet and you don't have your phone in the Bible app? What are you going to do? The devil's knocking whether you got your phone or not. <laughs> so we got to remember God's word. Psalm 119.11 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. I've stored up your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. See, in in Matthew chapter four, we're not gonna bring up the the, the verses just for the sake of time, but in chapter four verses one through 11, we're told the story of when Jesus is tempted by the devil after fasting 40 days and 40 nights. And that in those those, uh, temptations, the devil is quoting scripture back back to Jesus, but out of context. Again, when it's out of context, it's it's the devil's word. When it's in context, it's God. And Jesus remembered his Bible. See, that it, back in his Bible was essentially the, the Torah. It was, a, it was the original five, five books of the Bible. And he's quoting Deuteronomy back to the devil. That in those times where he was weak, I'm sure physically, weak, I'm sure spiritually, that Jesus remembered God's word, which he is the word. So he kind of had like a little leverage there. But <laughs> you guys get what I'm trying to say here. We got to remember God's word. Because it's, it's, in, it's when we memorize God's words that it's for us to decipher truth from the lies in the moments that we don't have His word physically accessible to us. And before God's word can ever leave your mouth, it needs to be hidden in your heart. So first, we gotta learn it. Second, we gotta memorize it. And third, is we gotta use God's word. We gotta use God's word. See, in Ephesians chapter six, we're told about the full armor of God. And we hear about the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation. We hear about all these things, which are great defenses. And so far, what we've talked about are great defensive tools. But the word of God is also not only your best defense, it's also your best offense. Because in Ephesians chapter six, when he's talking about the full armor of God, Paul also mentions that the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says that for the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any, what? Double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the world. We got to use God's word because when that enemy comes knocking, when that devil comes knocking, we're going to be able to use God's word to slam the door right in his face. That when he tries to lie to you, when he tries to to attack your mind with the lies that come from the pit of hell, we got to use God's word not only as our defense, but as our offense as well. Amen. That when, we're, when, we, when we believe all these lies, that is it in line with God's word? Is it in line with God's, what God has to say about me, about you, about your family, about the way you should live? That's how we use God's word to our advantage. And, and look... I'm a little biased here. You know, obviously I'm up here. I'm, I'm being able to, to teach and preach it and, and I'm passionate about God's word. Like I truly am. And I don't say that in any way to bolster or anything like that. Um, I, technically, this, this platform is not easy. You have to be passionate about God's word to be up here, right? But, but more than anything, I, I, I find it very personal for me because um, I wasn't always a Christian and I truly believe God's word saves. See, for those that, that don't know my story, I, I was born and raised here in Miami, Florida, raised in Miami Gardens and lived here my entire life. In 2014, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, All right? And and even prior to that, which is gonna, I'm gonna share a little more on that in a second, but when I was 13 years old, my dad passed away. And I remember when uh, the paramedics came out of his bedroom and through our hallway in, our, in the home I grew up in, um, I see him tell my mother he's gone. My mom just, everyone's crying, everyone's screaming. My mom comes to me, hugs me. And the first words that came out of my mouth was, I hate God. So just that alone already left a bad taste in my mouth. That why would this God that's so good, like take my, take my dad. I ended up living a life that I'm not proud of at all. It's a life I wish I could take away, but you know what, thank God for his grace and thank God for his mercy over my life, right? But I, be- I believed every lie. That devil came knocking and man, at one point he kicked the door down. <laughs> like I believed every lie he told me that I wasn't gonna amount to anything, that my life is worth nothing that uh, I was the least favorite of my, of my parents, that um, I'm always just gonna be the sick kid. Like I believed every single lie from him. And I remember when I was in, in 2014, when I lived in Charlotte, I battled depression. Like it was a, wor- I've always battled depression, but like it was the worst. It was at its peak back then. I was alone in a different state, wasn't by my family, wasn't around good people, wasn't in community, definitely super far from God, or I felt far from God. And uh, at that point, my now wife, but at that point, uh, ex-girlfriend, which spoiler alert, um, (laughs) we were broken up and years prior, she had given me this book and this book was from a church that she had went to visit and it was to basically just meditate on God's word. I told her, I read it. I ain't never opened it. Like (laughs) I never touched it. And, uh, I, you know, for me, there was this one Friday and I had just done something again, that I'm not proud of. That was disgusting. And um, that's it. I was done. I I was over it. Like for a year straight, I thought about driving my car off of a highway every single day. Every single day. I felt like I was in a glass box and I was just constantly trying to break it so I could just fall through and end it. And this was the day that it was going to happen. Like I was, there was no, there was no second thought to this. I'm done. But in the last, in like this last minute, I just scream out, God, if you're real, like, do something! And I just remember God. It's like I felt like He picked me up from the back of my shirt and took me to my nightstand. And, he t- and I opened up my nightstand, and uh, that book I mentioned, I actually found it the other day. And this is the book right here, and it's titled Born to Triumph. How this book followed me to North Carolina, I don't know. <laughs> like, I never, I guess I didn't unpack my, my dresser when I moved. But I just see this, and again, I'm believing. I'm I'm battling every lie in my mind, but then I just feel this peace come over me, and I open it up. And the first thing I see here is God's word. The first thing I see here is God's word that I believe saved me. I'm going to read it out to you guys. This is in Job chapter 11, and it says, "If you would prepare your heart and stretch out your hands towards Him, if iniquity were in your hand and you put it far away." and would not let wickedness dwell in your tents, then surely you can lift up your face without spot. Yes, you could be steadfast and not fear because you would forget your misery and remember it as waters that have passed away and your life would be brighter than noonday. Though you were dark, you would be like the morning and you would be secure because there is hope. Yes, you would dig around you and take your rest in safety. You would also lie down and no one would make you afraid. Yes, many would court your favor, but the eyes of the wicked would fail. They shall not escape and their hope, loss of life. The Bible saves. It saved my life. When the devil comes knocking, we gotta make sure that we don't answer. We don't, here's the thing. We don't, we can't afford for us to converse with the devil. We can't afford to open the door to him in our marriages. We can't afford for to open up the door to him in our life, in our relationships, for our children, for our grandchildren, for our finances, for our future, for our city, for our world. We can't open the door when he comes knocking, but instead we need to build our life that is on Jesus' name, that is on the Have you been believing over your life? Have you have you opened the door when the devil comes knocking? Have you believed the lie that your family will always be broken up? Have you believed the lie that your family will never be in unity? but guess what, Josh, the Book of Joshua tells us that, as for my house, we will serve the Lord. Maybe you believe the lie that you're always going to deal with mental health problems, that you're always going to deal with depression, that you're always going to feel discouraged. But guess what? Psalm 42 says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? I will put my hope in the Lord. Maybe you believe the lie that that diagnosis that you've gotten, that you're always going to be sick, that you're always going to deal with this chronic disease, that you're always going to feel like you're aching, that you're always going to be in pain book of Mark tells us that everything is possible for Christ. And the book of Isaiah tells us that by his stripes we are healed. What lie are you believing over your life today? Tell the devil, get out of here. Tell the devil, get behind me safe. You can't knock on this door anymore. I'm going to slam this door in your face. We can't afford that for our lives. And if we can all just, for a moment, if we can just take a moment and close our eyes and bow our heads. What I want to do is I want to pray for two sets of people here. I want to pray for a first group that maybe you've been, maybe you've been opening the door. The devil came knocking and then you answered. It's okay, I, I have myself and I wish I didn't, but that just, that's just what happens. And maybe you've been believing these lies over your life today. A lie of insecurity, a lie of self-doubt, a lie of, of low self-worth, A lie that God wants nothing to do with you? The lie that that because you are in divorce, that you you will never find a successful marriage? The lie that you're going to end up living your life alone, that you'll never find a good man or a good woman of God for you? The lie that you're always going to be in debt? The lie that your children want nothing to do with you? The lie that the world is against you? If that's you today, I'm going to ask on the count of three if you can put your hand up, and I want to pray for you. And I want to make sure that the Holy Spirit ministers to you here today. So if that's you and you and, you, and you're saying, Adam, can you please pray for me? That the enemy, that these lies will be out of my life, that, that the enemy wouldn't come into my mind anymore, but instead I would reflect on God's truth. If that's you, you can put your hand on three. One, two, three. Amen. Amen. Pastors, leaders, if we can go around and we can pray for everybody with their hand up. Keep your hand up. And I want to make sure we have connect group leaders and pastors that, that pray for you. And actually, if we can go back into worship right now and I want us to take a moment to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to our lives and build and we want to build our lives on the name of Jesus, on the truth that comes from Jesus. Let's go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I pray for healing. Thank you, Jesus. goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are the truth. Thank you, Lord, that you are the way. Thank you, Lord, that you are the light. Jesus, I pray over every single person under the sound of my voice, whether they're here or watching online or wherever they're at, Jesus, that God, that you will lift up the head of the discouraged, Jesus, that Father, you will remind us of your truth, Jesus. For anybody in here, God, who feels discouraged for anybody in here who just feels like they've waited too long, Jesus. God, may we not grow weary in doing good, Jesus. Lord, may we look to you, the author and the perfecter of our faith, Jesus. May we not look to anything else that the world offers, the lies of the enemy, Jesus. But instead, Lord, we would look unto you, God. Not your hand, not what you can do for us, but for your face, your glory, your goodness, your mercy, God. For your presence, God. That we wouldn't just let a moment like this pass us by without saying, Jesus, we need you. And Lord, for anybody in here, God, who's believing the lie that they are their shame, that they have to carry their shame. Lord, I pray that you would remind them of your truth found in Romans, that now there is therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And what I want to do right now is I want to pray for a second group of people. Maybe you're here, and this is the first time you've ever been in a church, or maybe you're here, and you hear this message, and and you just feel something pulling at you. You just feel like something's tugging at your heart. You you hear this message and you've believed every lie of the enemy. You believe that God wants nothing to do with you. But my friend, John 3.16 said that God so loved the world, you included, that he sent his only son. See, here, here's what the Bible tells us is that we all have sin. We all have fallen short of God's standard. Sin is missing the mark. And God is holy, so he can't be with sin. So sin separates us from him. The wages of sin, the, the wages of sin, the cost of it is death. And God knows that there is no way that we can earn our way to him. But that's why he sent Jesus for us. See, Jesus lived a blameless life. He lived a sinless life. And then one day he gave himself up on a cross and he was humiliated. He was brutalized. He was He was murdered on a cross He as a living sacrifice for us. But the Bible also tells us that Jesus being fully man and fully God, he crushed the head of the serpent with his heel. He defeated the sting of death. And three days later, he rose again. And all we need to do to take up that Jesus paid that bill for us is simply believe in our heart and declare in our mouth that he is Lord and we will be saved. And if that's you here today and you hear this message and you you wanna start this relationship with God, you wanna start this this saving, this amazing relationship with Jesus, this life-changing relationship with Jesus, if that's you today, if without certainty, if you were to die today, you know that you would be in heaven with him. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that. So if that's you on the count of three with eyes still closed and head still bowed, nobody looking around, a moment of privacy and of concentration. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. You can put it right back down. I just want to see who I'm praying for. So if that's you. One, God loves you. Two, your life will never be the same. Three, if that's you, you can put your hand right up, you can put it right back down. Amen. 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 God bless you. I see you in the back. I see you. I see you. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. And what I want to do if you pray, if you made that decision today, I want to pray a prayer. And I, I want I, I wanna facilitate this conversation between you and God. Is it repeat after me prayer? It's not to a pastor, it's not to a church, it's to God. I just want to make it as easy as possible. And since we're a family, we're all going to say it together. So repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for today. I admit I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God, that you died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my heart. Come into my life, be my Lord, be my friend, and be my Savior. From today on, I'm saved, I'm forgiven, I'm healed, and I will follow you all the days of my life. Jesus, I love you, and I thank you. And it's in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. Come on, church, can we give a round of applause for every single person making that decision here today? Amen. Hey, if you made that decision today, I just want to congratulate you. It was the best decision you can make in your life. And I can't promise that the devil won't come knocking anymore, but I can promise that now you have the perfect one to have your back when he does. And you're gonna have the perfect one with you, and that's Jesus. And if you made that decision, we have a gift. Thank you so much, Mauricio. We have this free Bible. It's gonna be free from us to you. As soon as you leave the building, you're gonna see a bunch of people in, under a tent that says connect team. And they're gonna wave this around like, please don't leave out of here without this. You wanna, we want to equip you with God's word so that you can learn it, you can memorize it, and that you can use it. And maybe you have the Bible app, maybe you have a Bible at home, that's okay. You don't have this one. So make sure that you pass by the Connect 10. And if you're watching online, go ahead and text the word decided to 33222. And we'd love to send you a Bible in the mail during the week. And uh, again, this is the the, this is the best defense and offense that you have. So uh, can I get an amen there? Come on, amen. Hey, I my hope and my prayer is that this word bless you and I encourage you. I wanna actually challenge every single person here um, over this next week. I don't know whether you do it on on sticky note or on your wallpaper, on your phone, but find a verse in the Bible that ministers to you in context and remember it. Because guess what? The devil's gonna come knocking, but we gotta make sure we have more tools in our arsenal for when he does. So let's make sure that we do everything we can to not answer the door and make sure we counter it with truth. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to leave out here worshiping one more time. We'll enjoy the rest of our Sunday, but before we do, let me pray for your week and ask God to bless your, your day. So Lord Jesus, we thank you so much. Thank you for your goodness and grace, God. Once again, Jesus, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for your mercy, God. And Jesus, I pray that every single person under, my, under the sound of my voice, Jesus, that you would give us awareness, that you would give us just this, just this hyper-awareness of when you're moving, Jesus of whenever the enemy is knocking, God, that we would remember your word, we would learn your word, that we would use your word, Jesus, that we wouldn't allow the enemy to get a foothold, Jesus. God, I pray for everybody's weak, God, that you would bless them, Jesus. I pray a hedge of protection over their mind, body, and spirit, and that, God, that you would just have your way in our lives. So, Lord, we love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. Let's take this out one more time, church.